Thank you for joining us today at LifePoint Church. We believe Sundays are an opportunity to know God. For more information, including locations, service times, and small groups, please visit our website at lifepointchurch.tv. Let's jump into the message. Hey, what's up, LifePoint Church? How y'all doing today? Come on now, aren't you glad you came to church, everybody? I want to say welcome to all of you. If you're brand new with us, I'll introduce myself. My name is Mike Burnett. My wife, Stephanie, and I are honored to serve as pastors of the church here, along with our amazing team, our leadership here, and our dream team who shows up early every week to serve you. Can we thank our dream team, everybody, for doing an amazing job running cameras, rocking babies, parking cars. We're so thankful. And how many of you are thankful for the coffee in Jesus' name? Let's go. Thankful for our coffee team. Hey, welcome to everyone joining us at our Austin P. State University campus and our online campus, those that are around the country and around the world. We we love you guys. We're two locations, uh, physical locations in Clarksville for now, about to break ground on a third physical location here in town. But we especially want to give a shout out to those of you that are gathering at our Austin P. campus. And let me just tell all of you here at Rossview campus, Listen, if you want a great experience and you want to make some deeper connections, I want to encourage you to, to move your, your Sunday morning experience to our Austin P campus, 11 a.m. at the Clement Auditorium. But hey, coming up, we've got our Christmas weekend services and our Austin P campus will be joining us at Rossview Road. And so we're going to be in one location for six different services, Saturday at 3 or 5 p.m., Sunday at our regular time, 7.30, 9, 10.30, and noon. By the way, as you walk out of our buildings today, our services, you will have some opportunities to grab a connect card or invite cards for you to give to your friends. I wanna encourage everybody to invite friends to our Christmas services and to our Christmas weekend services, especially. This whole month is a great time for you to invite your friends. Uh, as as uh, you heard earlier from Pastor Elmer, we have these new tags on the seat backs in front of you, and we're working to get these at our Austin P campus as well. But since we rent that space, we can't leave permanent stickers there. I guess we could, and the kids in class will just be in psychology class tapping on LifePoint stuff. So let's just do that. Anyway, in the room, uh, I want everybody in the room to do me a favor, grab your smartphone. Come on, do it. I can see you. Uh, let's go. And uh, grab your smartphone real quick. And these are designed to be the, the, the easiest way to connect with your church, especially if you're new with us today. This is your first step. Like just uh, do me a favor. If you have an iPhone, God loves you more, but just take your iPhone and tap the top of your phone. Just kidding, all you Android sensitives. Um, if you're Android, you put it in the middle where the heart of the phone is. You see what I did there? Um, but anyway, just tap on that. And then a, t- a, a, a link will come up with our connect page. And this will take you, this is how you connect to everything, like get in a small group, fill out our connection card. If you wanna tithe online, you can do that right there. And we're gonna keep developing this landing page for you. But every week, I wanna encourage everyone to tap that button uh, whenever you get here on a Sunday. There may be new things for you. We might be doing giveaways, $100,000 checks. You know, come on, somebody. You don't even, we're not gonna do that. Yeah, Yeah, praise the Lord. Hey, today, just to make it fun and interactive, I need all of you to grab, you guys on the front row here, just tap on this. I don't, I don't wanna leave y'all out here. There's a survey for your favorite Christmas movie, everybody. We need to get this figured out right now. Please get your phone and live results. Look at this. You can choose Elf, Home Alone, Die Hard, God's favorite Christmas movie, uh, TBS version. It's a Wonderful Life, How the Grinch Stole Christmas or A Christmas Story. You'll shoot your eye out. So I need everybody to, no, you just tap the thing. You don't, you, you just tap this circle and then you take the survey. Come on, everybody, take the survey. Look at this. Elf is winning. Are you kidding me right now? You're kidding me right now. Men, get your phones out and vote. You know better. 
All right, Home Alone's coming back. Home Alone's creeping. Oh, uh-oh, here we go. Ah, man, look at this. Home Alone took the lead in our last service as well. That is crazy. Okay, enough of that. So uh, see how we can do some cool interactive things with that, that new NFC tag. So make sure uh, every week we'll have, and we're gonna link sermon notes for you to take sermon notes. By the way, if you don't have our app, the LifePoint Church app. I wanna encourage you to download that. Every week on the app, we upload a place for you to keep sermon notes and then you save it so you can have sermon notes for years here uh, from your church. So make sure you have all that technology. We're just trying to serve you better and get connected. And thank you for your generosity for making things like that happen. Listen, God's plan is for God's people to provide ministry through God's house, right, everybody? And this is why we believe in and practice tithing, which is where we bring our first fruit, our first 10%, we give that to the Lord and we give that through his church. And I just wanna say thank you for being a tithing church. You allow for things like this to happen. You allow for us to connect to your families and to serve you well. And so thank you for being a tithing church. Specifically, uh, I did want you to know if you're new with us, we also tithe as a church to organizations, church planning organizations, missionaries and missions groups around the country, starting in Clarksville, around the nation and around the world. Specifically, as we come to the end of the year, I want to encourage you, and many of you uh, who have businesses, you're looking for partners for year-end gifts and tax purposes and all that kind of stuff, LifePoint is a great nonprofit for you to bring a year-end gift to because we're doing our very best to touch a lot of lives and make a lot of difference in our community and around the world. We have many partners that are feeding the hungry, helping the addict, relieving the homeless, and caring for families that are in peril. We also are starting churches, not only through the ARC and Church Multiplication Network, we're building another campus on the north side of town uh, starting this year, hopefully in, in a couple weeks we'll break ground. We're serving in your generosity allows for us to partner so far beyond our local buildings. And so I just wanna say thank you for being a giving church. You can give right on that tab, uh, right on that tag when you, when you tap your phone, do it online in the mail, however you want to. Just thank you for being a faithful, generous church and an over-the-top generous church. Amen, everyone. Today we are in our Christmas at LifePoint series. This is week one, and we're gonna spend the next four Sundays looking at the four themes of Advent. Actually, we're gonna join churches all around the world looking at the four themes of Advent. This is a, a liturgical church move for us to do this with all kinds of churches, literally millions of churches uh, or millions of Christians around the world will be celebrating these four themes together, the same four themes in the same order. And today we start the first theme of Advent and the word is hope. Everybody say hope. How many of you know Christmas is, uh, how many of you, it, it's your favorite time of year? Anybody else, Christmas is your favorite? Anybody do Christmas music in like July just to throw your family off? That's, yeah, that's, you're wrong for that, but it's hilarious. I do it too, I think it's great. Put a little Bing Crosby on in June. And listen, I, I do wanna come out of this for just a second with a, a little bit more of a solemn moment. Before we move on, let me just say, while Christmas is truly the favorite time of year for most people, it's also a difficult time of year for many of us, especially for those who have lost loved ones in the past uh, year or two years. Holidays can be full of great joy, but also great pain when a seat at the dinner table remains empty. I wanna ask you as a church, please, to remember families in our church this year. Just this last couple weeks, we've had a, a number of deaths in our family. One uh, family who's been here for a long time and husband was killed in a, in a car accident, killed instantly in a car accident out of town. Of course, all of us in the military community are grieving with our special ops community with the loss of five amazing men 
who lost their lives in combat uh, just recently. And this past Friday, we had a memorial service at the FNM Marina, thousands of people there bringing honor and paying tribute and thanks to our military for hosting that. This week, we will host the funeral for the pilot of that helicopter who was a part of our church along with his family. And I just wanna ask you, church family, to be praying as we celebrate and do all these things to get ready for the holiday season. Also, I want you to remember the families in our church, our church family, who are grieving. The scripture tells us to weep with those who weep, to mourn with those who mourn, and we're gonna do just that, amen? So if we can, just for a moment, I just wanna say a prayer for those families. We have a lot of hurting families. In fact, I I heard a stat, there's been um, eight or 12 uh, accidents in the, with our military community in the last six months or so. And it's just been, it's been a lot. So Lord, we pray for the presence of Almighty God to meet every family that's in need in, in your church. We thank you, Lord, that as a church body, we can grieve and mourn. We can comfort those by the power of the Holy Spirit in us. And God, we thank you for the opportunities to, to do the very practical things like praying and bringing meals and putting our arm around those who are missing their loved ones. God, we pray for the peace of God that passes understanding to guard their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We pray for the the power of God to meet them in every situation. We pray for the presence of the Holy Spirit. And God, we thank you in Jesus' name that you would move mightily among these families with the comfort of the Holy Spirit, with the peace of God. And Lord, in their grief, help us as a church to rally well around those who are struggling and grieving in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you for that. Please keep these families in your prayer. They're your family as a church. So we're, we're looking at this first message. Honestly, it's a fitting talk for what we've kind of gone through as a community. We're looking at the theme of hope. Now, when I talk about hope, I've titled this message, by the way, Stay Awake with Hope. Everybody say, stay awake. As a culture, we've embraced this phrase to stay woke. I'm gonna say, don't say that. Instead, stay awake. And I'll explain that in just a moment as we get through we're gonna stay awake as, bo- as followers of Jesus and believers with hope, hope in the Messiah, hope in Christ. When I talk about hope, many of us have an unclear idea of what hope actually is. For most of us, and we learn this as kids, like we, we, we hope for things like we would wish for things or wishful thinking. Uh, our hope is in something often unrealistic or like a real far possibility, but not pr- probable. It's kind of a pie in the sky dream for something. We put our hope in all sorts of things, right? We put our hope in people and politics and money and gifts for Christmas, sports figures. Come on. We, we've, we had a weird football weekend and I know many of you are gloating right now. I'm just not even going to point at people right now, but for some of us, our hopes were dashed. Be gracious. Anyway, so we put our hope in these athletes and these teams and these politicians and finances and bank accounts. And we just put our hope in things Sometimes even in our own selves. We say things like, I hope I get a raise this quarter. How many of you remember uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, right? Classic movie. Uh, The TBS version is more appropriate for your family. Anyway, um, all he wanted was that Christmas raise so he could buy a pool. Remember they say, Clark, you're the last great family man. And uh, then he gets a subscription to the Jelly of the Month Club. One of my favorite lines of the movie is Cousin Eddie going, Clark, that's the gift that keeps on giving all year long. (laughs) <laughs> That's a real club, by the way. The Jelly of the Month Club is real. And it's crazy expensive, just so you know. I'm a Welch's strawberry guy. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I don't understand grape jelly. I don't even get that. Like, what's wrong with you? Do you know they have strawberry jelly with a C? S-C-R? Anyway, we say things like Clark did. I hope I get this raise this quarter. Or I hope he asked me to marry me. I hope he asked me to marry him. I hope for this certain gift. 
Very often hope feels more like a wish and we have no confidence in that. But I wanna introduce you to a, an ancient meaning of the word hope. It's, it's actually the biblical idea of the word hope and archaic and richer meaning is, is to have a reasonable confidence. Like I, I'm not only hoping, but I'm confident the thing that I'm hoping in is gonna happen because I have reasonable assurance based on the, the promises I've been made or the guarantee of the person or the character of the one that's making the promise. Hope is, is really more like full dependence or full assurance. In, this, in the Christian world, we would use a word more like faith than hope. Actually, the Bible says in Hebrews that faith is a confidence in the things we hope for, right? So it's an assurance of the things we hope for. So faith and hope are very, very closely connected. And not only do we depend on what we hope in, but who our hope is anchored in is specifically more important as the Christian. It shapes, he shapes how we live, how we act, what we say, how we believe. I wanna offer as a guiding verse, one of my favorite scriptures of the New Testament is Titus chapter two, verses 11 through 14. Titus 2, 11 through 14 says, for the grace of God has appeared. And now this is actually a verse about Jesus. I'm gonna prove it to you. The, the grace of God is Christ, right? It's the appearing, who, who appeared from God? Jesus. Well, how do we know it's about Jesus? Watch this. The grace of God has appeared bringing salvation for all people. Who brings salvation for everyone? So the grace of God is Jesus. This is, this is the appearance of Christ, bringing salvation for all people. Look what he says. Training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age. One of the lies that the Christian church has believed is that, you know, I'm just gonna pull up my bootstraps and work as hard as I can to try to please God. No, no, no. God himself, Christ is gonna teach us and train us to live for him now. Some people think I'll get it all right when I get to heaven one day. Nope. The Bible tells us the grace of God empowers us to live for God in today's world. How many of you know we need that, everybody? Please don't wait to go to heaven to act like you belong there. We get to live for God, with God, now, why? Because his grace has appeared. Some people think grace is, is the, the, I feel like there's a whole other sermon I wanna preach real bad, just Titus 2. I'm gonna just get out of here in just a second. Some people treat grace like the back end of a mistake. I messed up, I need God's grace. No, you need his mercy and you need his forgiveness, but grace is what trains us on the front end to live right for God. It's appeared training us, teaching us to live godly in this present world, to deny our passions, to live self-controlled in this present age. Watch this, waiting for our blessed, KJV, come on King James fans, waiting for our blessed hope. So watch this, hope came and now he's trained us and teaches us by his grace to live for him and now we're waiting for what? The blessed hope, which is the appearing of the glory of God, our great God and savior, Jesus Christ. So here we are between two appearances. The grace of God has appeared and now we're waiting on him to appear again. How many of you know we're between two appearances of Christ? Do you know this theologically? Like this is why we like Advent. Imagine the entire world waiting for the coming of hope, the coming of a savior, the coming of, of a Christ, of a Messiah. That was the entire world prior to Jesus coming. And then he came and he trained us to live right and to walk in the grace and the power of God. And then he resurrected and ascended to the right hand of the Father and now Paul's writing to Titus and he says, and now we're waiting again for our blessed hope, which is the appearing again of the glory of our great God and savior, Jesus Christ. Listen, church, we're in between two waiting periods. He's already come and we're waiting for him again. This is where our hope is anchored. 
that there's a day when Jesus is coming again. And I want us to be awake and ready for his appearance at any moment. In the, God, in the doctrines of evangelicals, we have this doctrine called the imminent return of Jesus. How many of you know Jesus is coming back one day? He's coming back for us, everybody. Did you know that? Please don't forget that good news. We're between two comings of Christ, two appearances of Jesus, and he is coming for us again. So stay awake. We're waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Christ who gave himself for us, what? To redeem us from all of this lawlessness, to set us right, to put us in a different family, to purify us for himself. A people, look at this, for his own possession. Did you know you are a possession? You are a special possession of Christ. You need to tell yourself that. You need to remind yourself you're not damaged goods. You're not worthless. You're not nobody. Because of Jesus, you are his special possession. In fact, put a bow on yourself this Christmas and walk, walk around your house going, I belong to Christ. I am his special possession. Don't touch me. I belong to Jesus. Tell the world, get their hands off me. Tell sin to get off. I mean, I belong to Christ. I am his own special possession. Look at this, who are zealous, excited, passionate, heated up for good works. You know why we love to do good? Because he's been so good to us. We don't do good to earn this. It's because he saved us. We love to do good for God. We are passionate to give generously, to help the, 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 the uh, thank you, to help with the food drive today. I was thinking the CDC, but that's not who it's for. With foster care. We love to serve on our dream team. We love to give generously. Why? Because we are passionate to do good for a God who's been so good to us. Because we are his special possession. And we are living right now waiting for our blessed hope, his appearance to come again. Come on, somebody. Merry Christmas, everybody. Our blessed hope is the fact that we belong to Christ and we're living with the hope and the expectation that he's come once and he will come again. We're his special people, his special possession, passionate for zealous works. Here's what I need you to understand as we look at hope at Christmas this year. First of all, our world needs this message. Our world needs hope. I don't know if you've realized, but we live in days, write this down, point number one, our world needs hope. Our world needs the hope of the gospel. We are living in days of hopelessness. If you watch the news for very long, I mean, it's easy to throw your hands up and go, this world's going to hell in a handbasket, right? Anybody else feel that way? Anybody watch? what's happening in, in political climates around the country and around the world. Anybody watch what's happening in the Middle East or watch what's happening on the streets of our major cities and you just lose all confidence? You go, God, where are you? Our world needs hope. Statistically, I've been reading where in the past few years, especially depression has been on the rise in astronomical rates, suicide, uh, suicidal temptation and activity is higher than we've seen in generations, addiction, anxiety, fear, all increasing. And people are reaching out in fear. They're reaching out of fear in ways that we've not seen in over a generation. And there are many factors that contribute to hopelessness. You're smart, you know what they are. And although there's many reasons for hopelessness, there's always been pain, struggle, pressure that the devil will use to trick us, to steal our hope, to rob us of joy, to keep us from being close to God. Can I just be heavy for just a second? We ask tough questions when we're suffering. We say things like, why does God allow suffering? Where, why does God allow bad things to happen to the people I love? Let me be real direct and say it for you. Because these are the questions that I've been asking even in those last couple of weeks with the death of church members and, and the tragedy of families. Why does a good God let my daddy go to war? Why does God let my family fall apart through adultery and through sin? Where was God when someone I love discriminated against me? Where was God when my friend was abused? Where was God when I have pain? 
Anybody else ask questions like this? Our world has decided there is no God or I don't need the God that allows these things to happen. But I need to be reminding us as something as a church. Jesus said, in this world, we'll have pain. He said, we'll have pain. And this is why he came into a world of pain to offer hope and joy and peace and love. Listen, let me be direct when I say these. These are heavy and honest questions. And we're asking these questions and these kind of questions, if we're not careful, can annihilate our hope. I'm sitting with the widow of our friend and our church, our church brother this week. And I said, you keep asking those questions. You keep yelling at God. You keep anger. You keep anger. Like, like, like let your anger go towards the Lord. How many of you know God can handle all the sin of the world? He can certainly handle your anger. The fact that you struggle with these questions doesn't mean God struggles with you asking them. Just ask the Lord, God, where were you? What in the world? I encourage you, keep, I said to her, I said, keep asking those questions. Keep throwing them on the Lord. Peter says, cast your cares upon God because he cares for you. God can take your questions. God can take your anger. But listen, in your asking, don't grow bitter. Like decide, hey, I may be mad, but I ain't leaving you. I may be mad, but I'm not shutting you down. How many of you ever gotten in a fight in your family and you go, well, hey, that doesn't mean it's the end of it. You know what I'm saying? I may need to take a walk or go, you know, bake some bread or something to get my head out of the, I don't know what you do when you're mad, but I'm a, I'm a bread guy, you know what I'm saying? That's not true. But what you don't do is grow bitter. And listen, this is how David talked to God. Look with me at Psalm 13. I love this. Man, one time in college, I was having a real rough time, freshman year of college. I felt so alone in my walk with God. I had no Christian friends at my school. And I remember sitting in my dorm room one day, just mad about it, lonely with God. And I did one of those, uh, you know, the Holy Ghost lead me scripture kind of prayer things. I just opened my Bible and I landed on Psalm 13 where David says, how long, oh God, will you forget me forever? King David, man, after God's heart, asking questions like this. How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my own soul and have sorrow in my own heart all the day? How long shall my enemies be triumphing and exalted over me? Anybody else felt like that? Our world is drowning in these questions because our world needs hope. And hope isn't in D.C. Hope's not in the FDIC. Hope's not in your bank accounts. Hope is not in drugs and heroin. Hope is not in this world. Listen to me. Hope comes with Christ. I want you to hear this. Pain is a part of our reality, but just because we have pain doesn't mean we're going through it alone. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear not. Why? Because you are with me. We have a human condition. And until Jesus returns, Titus says he's coming again. Until Jesus returns, we won't escape this condition. The condition is called sin. And the result of sin the outworking of this is called the fall of mankind and brokenness. Listen, brokenness is not the absence of God. Brokenness is the presence of sin. But how many of you know hope tells us, the gospel tells us, that a good, holy, perfect God came into our brokenness to give us hope and to pull us out of it? Y'all hearing what I'm saying, everybody? Man, I feel like I'm preaching way better than you're shouting right now. That's okay. <laughs> I want you to get this theologically, guys, because our, the world that we're walking into Anybody else like noticing all the doomsday videos out there right now? I was on YouTube looking up some, I don't even know what it was, but how many of you ever see a, like your YouTube video gets interrupted because you're too cheap to pay for the paid version? Come on, that's me too, I ain't paying for that. How many of you remember commercial free YouTube? Those were the days, let it be Lord. 
I was watching something and this, this video interrupts and this guy's wearing all like camo paint. He's out in the woods with some packs on and a rifle. And he's like, hey, you, the world, the impending doom is coming. And so I clicked it. <clears throat> and I mean, I, five minutes in, I'm going, oh my gosh, I need to buy water and beans and bullets. Like fortify my house. I mean, it was such a doomsday message. This guy's like the end of the world. It's coming any day. Russia's colluding. And I was so like, I had to click it out and go, God, my hope is not in this world. Our hope is in Jesus. And if I come out of this world, I will be with the Lord forever. What can this world do to me? Are y'all hearing me, everybody? You need to get this. The greatest gift of Christmas is Jesus who brings us hope in a hopeless world. Our world needs this message. Our world needs to hear this. We don't place our hope in the fixed of brokenness. We, we place our hope in the one who fixes brokenness, and it's Christ. James, the little brother of Jesus, says, this may be jumping ahead to next week's message, but he says in James 1, one of my favorite verses to encourage people with, but it's one of the verses, I hate it when you encourage me with it. Don't tell me this verse when I'm in pain. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you find your life in various trials. I will snap you in the jaw. Don't come at me with that when I'm hurting. Anybody else honest besides your pastor? Come on now. You ever have some scriptures that have appropriate times? Well, this is so true, and it's because we don't say it right. Watch this. It's counted all joy, my brothers, when you find yourselves. Not that you find yourselves in trials. It's never a joy that you're in a child, but it is a joy that he's in that trial with you. Count it a joy. Why? Because the Lord is with you. Watch this, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know hope, confident assurance. You know that the testing and the straining and the working out of your faith produces steadiness. And let steadfastness have its full effect so that you may be perfect. The original language says it more like, so, you, so that you may be being perfected, complete, lacking nothing. This week in my small group, I encourage all of you to be in a small group. Uh, we were talking about the end of Ruth chapter four from our sermon. We do sermon-based small group discussion. And in Ruth chapter four, we see the, Pastor Choco shared this quote last week. He said, just because you don't see the hand of God doesn't mean it's not working. Doesn't mean God is silent and not moving. And so I asked this question. I said, how have you guys uh, been dealt a bad blow or gone through something hard and seen the hand of God and how has it changed your life and everybody's sharing story and story and story and one of one, our hosts, he's one of my closest friends and a mentor to me and he, he's hosting our small group for us and, and he says, you know, I used to get really worked up with bad business deals and, and when people would do things shady and come at me and attack me, I'd take it personal. And he said, but then I just decided years ago, I'm just not gonna let that stuff bother me anymore. And if you're aggressive with me in a business deal, we can still go out in the hallway and laugh and have a good time. And we're all going, teach us, Jedi. How did you do that? <laughs> and, and so I said that to him. I was like, show us the way, oh, good master, right? And he says, he literally said, well, part of it's being 69. Puts a little, put, put a little age on you. It'll help you not make it such a big deal. Can I tell you, there's some things you can't fast cook. And growing in maturity and having, going through some trials and trusting God in trials will season you and mature you into some things to grow steady and mature and perfected and complete, lacking nothing. How many of you know like the things that rattled you when you were 21 don't rattle you when you're 43? But the things that rattle you at 43, they probably won't bother you when you're 69 on the way into like retirement years, right? You're like, ah, meh. Amen. 
some retired friend down here at the front. That's right. I don't care about none of that HR business. The joy is not the trial. The joy is the partner in the trial. His name is Jesus, and he is our hope. I just want you to know, I, our world needs to hear that. Listen to me, everybody. Every one of you has people in your lives that are hopeless. And you know why they're in your life? Look at me. You're in their life to be a hope dealer, to be a hope distributor. What a time to do it. Stop giving in to the lie of the devil and culture that says, keep your faith to yourself. Pastor Willie said it a few weeks ago when he preached, he said, to not be public in our faith is a direct affront to the command of Christ to tell everybody about Jesus. That's right, that's Willie, amen, that's good. Thank you, Pastor Willie. (laughs) The joy is not that we're in a trial, it's God is with us in it. My hope is not in the resolution of what is broken. My hope is in the one who brings resolution. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying, everybody? Our world needs this message. Listen, our world needs to know that Jesus, second point of the message, is the hope of the world. This is what Christmas is all about. Christmas, everybody say it with me. Christmas is all about Jesus. Pastor Jimmy Terry, I used to call him Life Point Pastor Mafia. He's with the Lord now. His son's a great friend of mine, a member of our church. Pastor Jimmy Terry branded a slogan for our city. You've all seen it. Easter's all about Jesus, the signs in the yard, and Christmas is all about Jesus. I encourage all of you to put one of those signs in your yard. It's the coming of Jesus is the coming of hope. The coming, like the Christmas story is not about a baby. It's about God coming into our brokenness and bringing hope and hopelessness. We sang the song this morning, Hope Has a Name. His name is Jesus. I like to think of hope not so much as an it, but a him. No matter how tough it gets here, our hope and our confidence, our focus is in the person, the work, the ministry, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Can I ask everyone in our church to center our lives again on Jesus Christ, the son of the living God? It's amazing to think of the story of God, hope, bringing hope coming to us. Honestly, if I can give you the big picture idea, the entire human history, all of the Old Testament, all of the stories of human experience prior to the coming of Christ was the story of man trying their best to please God without hope. Trying to do it under, trying to live under God, under law and under lawlessness and waiting for hope to arrive. It's why we celebrate Advent. We are trying to identify with the world before Christ, waiting on the coming of hope. Advent is about the arrival of hope. It's about the arrival of love and joy and peace and the arrival of our Messiah. Then the Bible tells us in Luke chapter two, the story of Jesus, the Christ child, who God himself emptied himself of the heavens and comes down to earth in the form of a baby in a trough of a barn outside of town. Our king did not come on chariots. Our king did not come lauded. He came in the most low place possible to a single mom laid in a stall in a manger outside of town because they wouldn't even give him a room in a hotel. Luke 2 says, in that region there were shepherds in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. Reasonable. (laughs) I'd be scared too. (laughs) And the angel first says to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy 
and it will be for all people. How many of you know this gospel's for everyone? For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. That language is so powerful. He is Messiah. He is the Lord forever. He is God on high. And he is born a Savior, a Messiah. He is Lord God. And this will be a sign for you. You'll find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. I just want you to think, a manger is like the food bowl for your animal. That's where they laid our king, our master, our God, our Lord. How great is our God that he showed what humility is. By the way, I think it's impressive that God spoke first to shepherds, not priests, not kings. Guys, in the middle of the night shift, that's where the Lord declares this first, that God's here. And suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to all men among those whom he's pleased. Listen, the world awaited his arrival. That's why we celebrate Advent. We are identifying with a world without hope. They awaited his arrival, the Messiah, the hope of God. And then he comes. And with his coming, we find rescue from hopelessness. We find faith in God. We find salvation in Jesus. Notice the language from Luke 2, the peace of God, the Savior, glory to God, the joy of the Lord for all people, hope has arrived. Matthew chapter 1 calls him Emmanuel, which is God with us. We walk with God. I want everyone to know this. Listen, Jesus is our hope and walk Walk with hope. Don't just have some new idea about what you hope for. I want you to have a new relationship with the one that gives you hope. This is why we tell you to read your Bible and do what it says. This is why we tell you to go to church. Like walk with hope. Know the one who gives us hope. Walk with God. Tell our hopeless world that God wants to walk with them. Don't just give people fake hope and say, well, I hope it works out for you. I pray it works. No, tell them, hey, your hope is in Christ. Your answers are in the Lord. Your peace and your joy and the, the resolution of your brokenness. You've got regret and shame and sin and scorn. All those things can be all redeemed and brought into alignment with the God of the universe because hope has come. His name is Jesus. You need to tell our world about this. So let me close with this final current reality. Now we live. This is why I call the title of the message, Stay Awake with Hope. I don't want just you to have this hope as Christians. Our world needs to know there's a hope beyond themselves. We believe that our Lord has not only come once 2,000 years ago, but say it with me, we believe that he's coming for us again. How many of you believe Jesus is gonna return? He is our blessed hope, and we will forever be with him for eternity. We have as part of our theology a confidence in his return, a blessed hope. Interestingly, many people are asking if the times we're living in are the last days. How many of you have had conversations? Maybe we're at the end of it all. Maybe we're coming to the end of this thing. Is the book, you're all reading the book of Revelation and Fox News and CNN at the same time. You're like, is this it? Is that Gog and Magog? And <laughs> we're asking, when is Jesus coming? Can I just tell you, I love our Lord for so many reasons, but he spoke about the end of days. He talked about the end times. He talked about what it would look like and signs of the end. Matthew 24, he talked about it. In Mark chapter 13, he spoke very candidly that he's coming and he was also very honest about don't try to figure out when. Can I tell every one of you, church, listen, I'm your pastor, I love you. If you have found anyone on the backside of the internet who's figured out when Jesus is coming, delete that page. He's a liar, she's a liar. They don't know, they're not supposed to know. No one's gonna know. Jesus says in Mark 13, read it with me, he says, Concerning that day or hour of the end, no one knows. 
Jesus says this. No one knows. The angels don't know. Not even the Son of God knows. I, here's Jesus saying, I don't even know when I'm coming back. Only the Father. By the way, this is where the Trinity, you see their relationship of the Father and the Son. The Son is submitted to the Father, and he's like, hey, this is your lane to decide, and I'll come when you tell me. He says, only the Father knows, but watch his instructions to the church. But be on guard. Keep awake, for you don't know when that time will come. And then he gives this analogy. It's like a man going on a journey. He's the man, by the way. And when he leaves home, he puts all of his servants in charge, each one doing his work. Hello, everybody, that's us. He's the one on a journey. We are his servants. We are supposed to be doing his work. Remember what Titus 2 says. The grace of God appeared teaching us to say no to ungodliness, live upright, godly lives in this present age. While we wait our blessed hope, his return, and we are zealous for good works, right? Jesus said, the demands on a journey left his servants in charge, each doing his work, and he commands the doorkeeper, which I believe is the church, to stay awake. Twice he said, stay awake. Then he comes out of the analogy, the parable, and he says, therefore, stay awake. For you don't know, that's the third time, you don't know when the master of the house will come. You don't know if it'll be the evening, midnight, when the rooster crows are in the morning. It could be after the next election. It could be in 34 years. It could be in 182 years. Hey, look at me. It could be this afternoon. You don't know. Jesus doesn't know. Only the Father knows. Here's his thing. Don't try to figure out when I'm coming. You just stay awake. Stay awake. He says, you don't know if it's midnight, the rooster crows in the morning. Lest he comes suddenly, we call it the imminent return of Christ. That's the theological phrase. The imminent, it can happen at any moment. The imminent return of Christ. Lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. Boy, what lulls us to sleep? Sin, laziness, apathy, bad theology, bad community. Hey, if Jesus came today, are you and I ready to meet him? That's the question. And look, some of us are sleeping at the wheel. I don't know about you, but oh, look what he says. And what I say to you, very last part of this, verse 36, he's talking to his disciples. What I say to you, put this back on the screen for me. What I say to you, I say to everyone, say it with me, stay awake. Hey church, he says that to everyone. Anybody know that feeling when the boss comes in the office unannounced? Students, you know that feeling when you're in class and the principal walks in, just to sh just popping in, just wanna see what's going on. Obviously, you're in English class and you're head down and the principal walks in, you're like, I before E, except after C, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> it's like, man, you ain't third grade, shut up. As a kid, my mom worked two jobs and my brothers and I always had chores at the house. We had to do our chores every day. Come on, parents. We had to do our chores and we had to do the chores before she got home. But our, our living room where the TV was faced the driveway. So we always knew when she got home. And as soon as we saw that car pull around the corner, we jumped up from whatever we were doing and found busy doing those chores. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Come on, some of y'all just like me. They may not have been done before she got home, but they were in process of being done. I always had dishes, it seemed like. I'd be washing the dishes when she oh, mom, you're home, surprise. <laughs> and we knew if they weren't done when she got home, we'd get, it. we'd get it, right? We'd be in trouble. Hey, let me just tell you something. The Lord is our blessed hope. 
Look at me. Look at me when I say this. He's come before. He's giving you his grace. He's giving you his Holy Spirit. Not so you can doze off, get lethargic and apathetic and just wait on him to show up whenever he's ready. It's so you and I would stay awake, hot, zealous for good works, passionate for God, so that when the Lord comes, we would be so excited that our master has returned. Stay awake. Listen to me. Jesus is saying not only that he's gonna return, but that we should live with an expectation and a desire for his return. Some people say, I wish Jesus would come on back now. You gotta remember, there's lost people that need this gospel first. Peter writes it like this. He says, God's not slow to return as some of y'all think he's slow. Here's what Jesus, here's what Peter says. He is patient towards you, church, because he is not wanting anybody else to perish. Here's what that says. Church, we gotta stay hot and passionate for the Lord and we gotta tell people about the Lord before he returns because he wants not wanting anyone to perish, but all to come to repentance. Church, we have an assignment. We are to tell this gospel. We are to share the hope of the world. We are to talk about Jesus and live on fire for God, ready for him to come at any moment. Can y'all hear what I'm saying, everybody? So let me just give you this simple thought of how to do it. I wanna give you, write this down, listen. These are steps to take, not that'll save you. It's because you're saved. I wanna be very clear. I'm not giving you rules of engagement to please God. He's pleased with you because of Jesus, but now what? First of all, I want you to build a solid devotion life. Before you leave, hear me on this. Write this down, build a solid devotion life. Read your Bible, pray. Don't let your only Bible be what your pastor gives you on a Sunday. Read your Bible every day. Spend time in prayer. Lift your hands in worship. Walk around your office cubicle. Walk around the compound at work. Walk around your home and just lift your hands and worship God. Turn off some of that other music that you're listening to and put on some Life Point Creative. Come on, somebody. Did y'all know we have some songs here for y'all? Lift your hands and worship God. Fall in love with Jesus again. Surrender to the Lord every day. Fast with us. January, 21 days of fasting. Come on, everybody. Eat that extra pie at Christmas because we fasting in January. Second thing, commit to the bride of Christ. Commit to the Lord's church. Quit being in half in, half out, weekend warrior, Christian on the church. Like, hey, I'm gonna come if it's convenient. Get yourself in church. Be committed to the body of Christ. The Bible says he's coming back for a spotless bride. Who is the bride of Christ? You and I wanna be a part of this thing. Listen, if it's not life point, find one that fits for you. Get in the church, serve it faithfully, give faithfully, attend it regularly, invite people, lead in your church. Don't just be a consumer, be a contributor. Can I hear an amen from all the dream teamers? I want us to be awake. I don't ever wanna be the Christian that received, 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 and took, took, took from God's church. And the Lord show up and go, oh, uh, now I'm ready. I'm not trying to guilt trip anybody. I'm just trying to push you. Listen, this, ain't, this is not what gets you saved. It's because he saved you. Stay awake. Third, repent from dead works and sin. We don't talk about this enough. The book of Hebrews says, an elementary doctrine of Christianity includes repenting from sin. Look at me when I say this to you. I don't understand. The Bible doesn't give grace to saying, I confess Christ as Lord, he's Lord of my life, but then walking in unrepentant, unconfessed, habitual recurring sin. Scripture says in Hebrews, repentance from dead works is elementary principle of Christianity. Listen, if you're living in unconfessed, unrepentant sin, you just keep doing it, stop. 
Stop. Get counseling. Get some pastoral care. Get into a small group for accountability. Let's walk away. Sexual immorality, greed, unforgiveness, lust, pornography addiction, addiction to substances. Walk away from that stuff and stay awake for the things of God. Are you hearing me, everybody? Say no to sin. Cut off that extra relationship. Because we're going to stay awake for Him. Well, I can't help it. God knows my heart. That's why He brought Christ in here to give you hope against your sin. You look at, listen, I want you to understand this. You are a new creation. You're not who you used to be. You're not what you feel. You're not who your parents raised you to be. You're a son and a daughter of God. You're a new man, a new woman. Walk away from, listen, I've, I've pastored long enough to tell you confidently, sin destroys families. Walk away. Repent. Finally, live out God's mission on earth. Man, be about the mission of God. Tell people about Jesus. Invite folks to your church. Include them in your small group. Share the good news. Let your social media be way less about who's playing basketball this weekend and more about Christ who gives hope to the world. Can I hear an amen, church? Come on, man. This is how we stay awake. I don't know about you, but when the Lord returns, I wanna be so busy, I don't even notice it right away. Oh, you're back. Hallelujah. Not because I'm trying to earn anything, but because I'm so grateful that he's earned my life. And he's given his all for me. I want to give my all for him. Can I hear an amen from the church of Jesus today? Come on, let's stand on our feet, everybody. Every location, come on, let's get up and let's pray together. Father, we love you and we bless you and we thank you for this word. We thank you for the truth of the gospel. We thank you for Jesus Christ, our hope, our blessed hope who has come and has empowered us to live for God, who has given his grace to enable us to live upright and godly in this present age. And Lord, we thank you that we wait on our blessed hope, the appearing of the Son of God, again, Jesus Christ, to save us, to take us into eternity with him, to be with him forever. Lord, in the waiting again, we wanna give ourselves to be on fire for the things of God, passionate, building a devotion life, building a life around the church, building a life of kingdom orientation, that Lord, we would be zealous for good works and godly works in Jesus' name. God, that we would be passionate about repentance from sin and dead works in Jesus' name. Can you open your hands to the Lord, everybody? Come on around the room and just pray this with me. Say, God, I believe in you. I believe in Jesus Christ, the son of the living God who died for me. Come on, let's say it with passion, who died for me and raised from the dead to give me new life, eternal life and eternal living. Say, Lord, I confess my sin. I ask for your forgiveness. I receive your salvation. Now say, Lord, I'm all in. I'm all in to the glory of God. I'm all yours in Jesus' name. Lord, you are my hope. You are my hope. I'm all yours. To God be the glory in Jesus' name. We're so happy that you joined us today. If you'd like to grow in your walk with Jesus, stay connected, or partner with us through generosity, be sure to visit our website at lifepointchurch.tv. We hope that you have a blessed week, and we'll see you next Sunday.